Hello, listeners, and welcome to a brand new show as part of the Rediscover the 80s podcast. We are calling it the Memory Jogger. And me and my bud Wyatt. Hello, Wyatt. Greetings. How are you? I am fine. And uh, I didn't say before, this is Jason. <laughs> and uh, we have a new show that we, oh, we've been scheming for a while to do this, haven't we? Yeah, I know it's been back and forth. Uh, maybe not this exact format, but something along the lines of something new and improved and experimental. That's probably the right word for it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> experimental. Uh, because, yeah, I don't necessarily think we have a layout or a, uh, a specific idea for uh, how this show is going to go from episode to episode uh, other than we're going to have a topic and we'll chat about it and try to remember some things about it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, not, not a whole lot of structure. We just want to, like you say, be a little experimental and freewheel it for uh, a couple of shows, see how it goes. If it, if it works, it works. Right. Uh, if you follow <laughs> any of our other entities, especially agents of mask, you notice that Jason and I, typically start out with something and we go on about 50 different bunny trails before we decide, <laughs> you know what? It's been long enough. Let's go back and actually talk about mask, which is the <laughs> subject at hand. So, yes. But, and we've also done in this, uh, rediscover the eighties podcast. We've done a couple memories, uh, shows, which basically go through the, the history of a franchise and our experiences with it. Um, but, instead of essentially the franchise being the, the highlight uh, of each episode, I think we're going to try to concentrate more on our specific memories as they pertain to that topic, if that even makes sense. Uh, right. So a good example would be uh, right now, this first episode is really just to establish us, and you're going to hear us talk about our experiences growing up and getting to know us. But if we go on to the next topic and I'm, I'm shooting from the hip for a topic, this is no way, shape or form. But if we talk about, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, uh, Batman, <laughs> the 66, 1966 Batman. All right. We're not leaving the, the we're not leaving it restricted to the eighties. Like, uh, we usually right. do. It's going to be true. It's whatever we grew up with. So the idea is, yeah. Do, when do you, what do you remember about it? And it can go off, you know, like I said, 50 different ways. I can remember watching it on this channel, Central PA, and we're watching a New York channel. Or, yeah. you know, the only time we got to watch it was at 3 o'clock, so we were busting our tails trying to get home. That kind of tangent will probably ensue rather than, you know, I remember the corny wows and pals that you saw yeah. showed up. You remember this specific episode where Batman was on the – a uh, conveyor going into this machine and the right. Joker tied them up. And yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to talk about specific episodes. We're going to talk about more or less uh, where we interacted with, you know, a certain TV show or I don't know, we might go into, you know, specific toys or I don't know. We're just going to, I think kind of wing it. Like, uh, like we said, as far as uh, we, we've got some topics that we've written down and we'll, we'll scheme a little bit. We're not going to totally go off the cuff, but you know, the structure is going to be more tied around 
uh, our experiences and growing up and, and that sort of thing and how much we can challenge ourselves to remember. <laughs> right, right. So, um, well, I guess let's go into a little bit about who we are and uh, maybe that will help who's listening to this now uh, relate a little bit to our era. Um, I was born in 1976. Why, you were born in 1975, correct? Correct. There is, uh, there's about a, a week and a half gap, uh, nine days, where Wyatt is actually two years older than me. He was born uh, November 4th. I was born November 13th. So there's about nine days there where he can claim he's two years older than me. But uh, we grew up in uh, central PA, uh, Pennsylvania, for those that might be listening in other countries, uh, (laughs) in the United States. And uh, it was mainly uh, what I would call rural. Uh, Not a lot of, you know, large cities in the immediate area where we grew up. Um, I grew up in a small town called Kerwinsville. I think the population was around 3000. Um, Wyatt, he grew up, uh, Clearfield and I don't know what the population of Clearfield is. Uh, I don't know what it is now. Maybe, it's dwindling, but it was, it was around the eight, thousand mark at one point okay i was gonna um, say eight to ten or in that range yeah and, and there was an era where we were growing actually big enough that they were considering turning it into a city mm-hmm. but that was a short-lived experiment i guess is the best way to put it because it never materialized right right and uh you know it's uh that's mainly what I would call small town USA. You know, uh, there's some little other little towns in between. And then there is, uh, some little bit larger cities that we would visit on occasion, Altoona state college, uh, relatively close about 15 to 20 minutes away is Dubois, which is probably, I think it's technically a city. Um, It is considered a city. And I used to joke that it was the big city and the only city of the County. (laughs) So uh, that's that's kind of our uh, background where we grew up, uh, mainly small town, but we would uh, trek to go out to bigger towns and experience other things. Uh, I remember trips to uh, Hills Department Store in uh, State College. Uh, I remember going to Showbiz Pizza in Altoona, yep. things like that. So special occasions. Um, we would travel out of town, but we mainly, we, there was enough around there to, to keep us busy, uh, when we were kids. But, uh, as far as how we met each other, um, our parents attended the same church, uh, when we were infants. And, uh, even just a couple years ago when I was moving my mom out of her apartment, I found a box of old papers and memories and stuff found a baby book that was mine and inside was this letter and it's a letter uh, from another family uh, that we knew to Wyatt's parents. And it was, do you remember back in like the early nineties when we had like Columbia house and BMG and they would sell you, you know, 12 CDs for a penny. Um, This back then it was these little chain letters and they were essentially getting uh these children's books from family to family by writing a letter and saying, 
you know, would you like to buy six books for 49 cents or something? And if you uh, signed up, you mail it back to the family and then you wrote a letter to the next family you thought maybe would want to do this. And it's kind of like a chain letter. And I found this. Uh, I thought it was interesting that it was essentially not written to my parents. Uh, they It must have been your parents that handed that <laughs> letter to them. Or it could have been this other family that uh, originally wrote the letter that uh, handed it off. Maybe if your parents didn't uh, join up or something. But that little nugget I thought was cool that uh, I, I found that. And uh, we do know for a fact that they uh, attended the same church together for a while. Um, at least you remember having a conversation with my dad, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, there was a conversation and it was, I don't know why it sticks in my mind. However, we, we three, your dad, you and I went to Kentucky Fried Chicken, the original <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken in uh, Podunk Clearfield. Uh, it's now a uh, video rental store. Yeah, video, I'm trying to think of the name because I missed it. Silver Screen Video. Silver Screen, yes. I still have a membership for that. I still have my <laughs> card somewhere in my memorabilia box. Um, but anyway... Yeah, we were having a conversation, and I don't know how it got brought up or, how, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And your dad had said that we were in the same class at Calvary, Calvary Church. I don't remember which name it was under. Mm -hmm. um, and we thought that was really weird. <laughs> and me and my memories, I, the, only, the only vague memory I have of being there is it must have been a birthday or Christmas present. And I came to Sunday school or children's church or whatever it was at the time uh -huh. and brought this red travel case, but it was a Superman travel case. But it was kind of like those uh, uh, portable car garages like you have, Jason, the Hot Wheels uh -huh. portable garage. Uh -huh. So it was kind of on that <laughs> basis. Uh, I remember bringing it. So I, rem I think I remember asking if you remembered me bringing that or a kid bringing that, uh, I don't recall if you said yes or no, but I remember having that conversation uh, at that <laughs> time. And that's uh, just like, wow, we knew each other from, you know, from uh, at least two, three, I don't know yeah, what, how long we were there. Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, I really don't remember that at all. I, I think we as a family stayed longer at that church than, than you guys did because I do remember being baptized there in the river between uh, the church and the uh, Old Town Road Dairy, the uh, the mighty Susquehanna, the West Branch uh, of the Susquehanna. Come on, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's yeah, that's that's crazy that you know we we essentially grew up together before we even have memory of it. Uh, we didn't really. Uh, I guess remember being friends until we started going to school together. And that was around, what would that have been? 1984 or whatever, five, whatever fourth grade was. Yeah. I'd have so to about nine, have to, nine or 10 years old. The, uh, about 85, 86, somewhere yeah. in there. 
I'd have to peel out my uh, yearbook to get the firm <laughs> date on that. But uh, yeah, so we I I went uh, to school in uh, Kerwinsville preschool and kindergarten, and then uh, this new school at the Alliance Church in Clearfield, uh, which was called the uh, Clearfield Alliance Christian School, appropriately. Uh, yeah. That was built when I was in first grade. And I started attending there. Um, I would take, I would uh, walk to the end of my street, catch a bus over to the Kerwinsville High School, and then wait and catch another bus, which was actually with the mainly seniors, probably juniors and seniors, to go to Clearfield, about an eight-mile trip uh, down there. The technical school was just down the road from our school. So uh, I could probably, you know, do a whole podcast on everything I learned on those <laughs> trips to Clearfield. Uh, one one quick memory is uh, there was a, a person that would bring their huge boombox uh, ghetto blaster on the bus, and I can vividly remembering uh, them playing "Bang Your Head" by I think it's Quiet Riot. Uh, or is it Twisted Sister? I, I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a, a whole education on those eight-mile journeys back and forth. I bet you did. The school to there. but uh, And then you, how did you end up uh, at the school? Uh, I'll try to be as succinct as I can, but it, I usually am not. Um, I started out uh, as far as education. I started out at what was called the Victory Baptist uh, Academy. And it started out in my neighborhood, actually. Uh, I lived in, uh, they called it the east end of Clearfield. Mm-hmm. And uh, about one street down, and I think a block over, maybe two blocks over, was a, a I'll call it a plaza. Uh, not much more than, like, two, two or maybe three storefronts mm-hmm. down on Daisy Street. Uh, they had rented out. I don't know how big it was at the time, but they rented out, you know, one of them and turned it into a, a pseudo church and, and private school started out there. Uh, I think I was only there a year. They moved it up to uh, an older elementary school that was in the neighborhood, which had ended up being about three blocks up the street from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they finally built a new building across from the Alliance church Alliance school. I remember that. Yeah. And at some point. It's now a nursing home, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, which is sad. Yeah. And and I know, I sadly know a good portion of why, but uh, that's another podcast and later. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, I, early on, I kind of had the idea of money as far as expensive and, you know, less expensive, whatever. And I've always been a cheapskate. Maybe this is where it stems from. But uh, I remember, I don't remember the cost, but I remember sitting in, uh, I guess, an orientation style, I don't know, briefing. I call it briefing thanks to my military background. Um, <laughs> but anyway, they were talking about prices, and I remember the prices. And then we went to the Victory Baptist Academy, got their prices, and my dad I know asked us what we thought and it came out to being that I said, 
I think the other one is cheaper. So why don't we go there? And that's how I ended up at <laughs> Clearfield Alliance. However, oh. there was a big handicap. And I, I, I swear I'm still dealing with it today. Um, at Victory Baptist, they went under the pace system, which was literally you go at your own pace. And um, you could go as fast or as slow as you basically wanted. And, uh -huh. and you learned your lessons. Uh, there was an hour for each study or whatever it was. And you were literally just read the book and went through it, learned, answered the questions, and you took the test when that little booklet was completed. So there's really no studying involved. <laughs> and I like it already. Well, I did at the time. <laughs> but you would like, like, uh -huh. I, I still remember I was, I think, two to three grades higher in the math than I was everything else. I think everything else I was on par. I think there was one other one, either science or history. I don't remember which one. I was one uh -huh. grade above uh, on their scale. But then I go to, you know, Clifford Alliance and you actually have to study. <laughs> and that was really a whole, whole new concept. You actually had to take the material home and like right. actually to study it for you know, a week or at least cram for it. Yeah. It was college prep too. It was, uh, it was geared for advanced learning. Uh, some of it the, was, uh, some of it was Becca program. I think it was. Yeah. Some of it was, um, that's another, that's a second or third <laughs> podcast by now. But, true. But, true. Uh, I know my, anyway. So yeah, yeah, I know my sister was kind of behind the times, uh, when she was trying to get some of the college credits, but, uh, gotcha. But yeah, but yeah. So fourth grade around what we, what we deemed was eighty four or eighty five or eighty six is when uh, we started to get to know each other, and then uh, we, I, you know, we've been pretty close throughout. You know, from fourth grade up through uh, graduation, uh, we mm -hmm. both kind of had our own little cliques. I would say uh, I was into sports and I was on the sports teams, uh, basketball, track, soccer, uh, you know, what, what we had at the, uh, at the small school. And I, yeah, I guess I mainly hung out with them, sat with them at lunch. And then you had another group that I guess I would call the nerds, uh, the jocks and the nerds call it as it is. Yeah. <laughs> and you would sit with them, but we still, you know, it was oh, yeah. more or less after that school was, the, was when we hung out. Yeah, that was really the only exception we really didn't hang out. I know I had tried out for uh, basketball and the flag football, what little season that they did had. You, did you run track one year? Yeah, I was on the track for two years, actually. Okay, the third year, okay, yeah. third year I, uh, they, they pulled me out. Actually, the school pulled me out because I wasn't – I was doing all my part-time work all the time, and they oh. they weren't pleased that I wasn't making the enough practices or something. I, I remember gotcha. that. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So we hung out kind of after school. We went to you know our birthday parties and stuff, and then uh, later in our high school years, we hung out a lot more. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, I just I just finished this little memoir and self-published and i was trying to remember some times maybe when you came to kerwinsville but for the life of me i couldn't remember you visiting there i we, i still lived there until about 1990 when my uh, parents split up so about 
uh, I don't know, four or five, six years in there, I would have still been uh, commuting to Clearfield right. to school. So uh, what do you remember, I guess? Do you remember coming up to my house in Kerwinsville for parties remember, or something? I remember two, possibly three times that I was up there. There okay. might have been more, but I remember, uh, I'd say two or three, because there was one instance where you were introducing me to all your GoBots. I remember you had Leader <laughs> One. Yes. Uh, and I think that is when I met uh, Boulder Hill. Your Boulder Hill, I think, is about that time. Uh, or at least uh, one of those episodes. Possibly. I was thinking maybe it was after we moved, but, but I don't uh, know. Uh, but I remember doing that. I remember, I remember us playing uh, some game out back. Okay. It was we were going back and forth through the through the pine trees, and I don't know what the <laughs> game exactly was. Um, was it actually, the winter time? I think, or was it summertime? I want to say, say it was decent weather at least because I remember I took notice that you have your dad's uh, woodshed and woodpile ah, at yes. the time. Yeah, we uh, literally had no trees or growth on the property. Dad pretty much planted everything when the house, or well, since they lived there, which I think they moved there in 74, and then the house was built in 1980, but it was all small kind of shrubs and growth and some fruit trees. So yeah, there was a lot in the right. backyard that we, that's accurate. <laughs> and then I remember, I remember being down in your basement and I remember, uh, lear- that was the first place I learned how to throw darts. Um, <laughs> right. Because one, I remember your dad distinctly telling me not to throw it the way I was, which was I'm, Never threw them, and I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to wind up for the pitch type <laughs> baseball type throw, and he's like, "No, no, you got to do it this way, and a little bit gentler," because I was like yeah. hammering it into the to the backboard yeah. or something. And those were real darts. Those weren't, yeah, they weren't like kitty darts. I mean, those were the real, oh, real fun. And yeah, where he had it, there wasn't really like a uh, a backboard, I would call it. There wasn't anything built behind it except for like a cement wall. So if you missed the board completely, you would see sparks fly every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I think I spent the night up there once. Okay. I vaguely, vaguely, vaguely remember that, but I, I, I don't remember, you know, the hows and what's and all that. Gotcha. I remember visiting your house. Uh, I remember your house on Dory Street pretty well. Um, I also remember visiting your dad's place, which mm-hmm. would have been later in the eighties, maybe even early nineties yeah. uh, up in, uh, is that Glen Ritchie? Glen Ritchie. Yeah. Technically? Okay. But the house on Dory street, yeah, I remember that pretty well. You had a, was it a one car or two car garage out back? It was a two car two car and then you had a sliding glass door into your like kitchen and dining area. And I, for some reason I remember on the kitchen counter, you had sea monkeys and that was my first introduction to sea monkeys. Uh, (laughs) Again, you know, things you remember Uh, off to the left of that past the uh, the dining area or kitchen. There was a place where you had your, 
your Texas Instruments computer setup. Um, I don't know. Yeah, was that like the, a bedroom or? No, that was a, basically an addition that they added on at some point. And it was, uh, that oh, room was right. technically too. There was, um, the freezer was in there and some extra cupboards basically for, for an extra pantry. And then there was a gotcha. the laundry room was back behind that wall too. Okay. Well, I remember that. And then I remember going down the hall, you had another table, uh, maybe like a f- more formal dining table, dining room. Off of that was a small little door that went down to your basement. I don't think I ever went down to your basement. Or no, was there wasn't much there. Yeah, there wasn't much to the basement. It was um, the door was actually fit into the paneling that they had there. Gotcha. And uh, the only thing that was down in the basement was the coal furnace. So it, okay, yeah, it so actually wasn't even the full basement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, well, we might have. I think my big. I think that's where we stored my big wheels in the one somewhere oh. down there. Um. Okay, and then off to the right was your living room, and I have a few yep. memories there. I, it, I'm thinking it was a birthday party or something, but I remember being over, and it might have been around Halloween, because we were watching that. Uh, it was like a Disney's Halloween Greatest Hits or something on TV. And they were playing, it was like popular music, but it had like Halloween cartoons in the background or something. Yeah, um, I remember. And that's when you were bebopping to one particular song and I was never introduced uh, formally to rock. <laughs> uh, my my dad was, well, yeah, mostly my dad was more, were very conservative, uh, sheltered us for as long as he could. Uh, <laughs> But you were sitting there bebopping. There's no sheltering in my house, trust yeah. me. <laughs> well, he, we were bebopping to, uh, or you were bebopping rather to uh, Eurythmics, Sweet Dreams. And I'm like, what's this? And that was the first time I'd ever heard that song. And then, you know, I heard Monster Mash. and uh, Right, right, the, yeah. There was another ghoulish kind of kids. I remember the Monster Mash being in there. I probably knew Sweet Dreams because... When my mom bought her uh, Chevy Monte Carlo, she actually bought it at a. They bought it at a Ford dealer, uh, and it came with one of those factory cassettes that have, yeah. was, had like a, I don't know, mix on there of popular music. And one of those songs was "Sweet Dreams." So I and I played the crap out of that thing when we were in the car. I remember that. So that's probably how I knew that song. Uh, I also remember watching wrestling in yes. there. Um, I remember one time being over there. I don't know if it was the same time, but for some reason we were eating salad and it was like my first introduction to ranch dressing. I'm like, Oh, this is disgusting. What is this? (laughs) (laughs) And like everybody was eating it except for me and I could just smell it. And I don't know. I don't know how I remember that, but (laughs) anyway, maybe you uh, can give some insight into that if, you know, ranch dressing was a thing at your house or something. Uh, ranch dressing was, <laughs> I don't know where that came from and I don't know the setting. Uh, we did have, I did have a birthday party. Birthday parties were few and far between for me. I, I never, mm-hmm. I, I call it the introvert part of me, but I just never thought that much of birthday parties, just my own thing. Uh, yeah. Or then again, maybe it was just my parents never threw in many. So I just adapted. Um, 
but either way, uh, my first year there, I did invite people. Uh-huh. First year there at Clifford Alliance, I remember inviting you, our mutual friend Leaf, which some people uh-huh. might wonder why we're calling him Leaf. Um, that was the that was kind it was of a nickname. A, it was a nickname, yeah. kind of a code name, because there was actually uh, a a chiropractic family, and they each generation instead of you know the first, second, third, or senior and junior and so forth, they actually went off of a tree. Yeah, moniker. So you had there was his dad was named Twig. Yeah, and I used just, to joke because I never knew the granddad's nickname, but I used to call him what is he trunk or what? So, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, anyway, I invited Leaf over. I want to say my cousin Bernie at the time he wasn't my cousin. Uh, Trying to think, there was uh, Donnie Kirkwood if you remember him. Yeah, I remember Donnie. And I want to say there was a someone else in the mix, and I don't remember. I think the only time I went ice skating was over at his house. They had like a pond out back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did. Anyway. All yeah, right. So I, I, yeah, I I wish I was. We're not doing video now, but uh, <laughs> I actually still. I think I don't know if that was the Dukes of Hazard birthday party, but I still have the napkins from that party. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they're still in. T- I got some stuff not like you. that, but that's crazy. Yeah. That's, well, the Dukes of Hazard fan that you are, I can see that happening. Uh, I remember. Back beyond that, there was like a sunroom where you kept all your like board games and toys and stuff. And then board games, Tonkas, all my my plethora ups, of Tonkas. We went upstairs, and your bedroom was there was another room on the right, and that you had to go through. It was like a laundry room. It was a little kind of mini hallway with the with the actual bathroom. Okay, off to the side there. Then you got and then to you room. got to your room off of that because I remember doing like Hot Wheels tracks from your yep. room down through that room and down to the hallway and probably going into your sister's room. <laughs> yeah, she was right there at the hallway, so yeah. Right. And uh, another memory that just sticks out, uh, playing in your room, I don't know what we were playing. Maybe it was computer games or something. We had uh, American Top 40 on the radio, and this would have been, I think it's 89 because – I remember writing all of the like top five or top 10 on your chalkboard. Yep. That was over by your bed. Number one was the fine young cannibal. She drives me crazy. <laughs> so I think that was 89. I want to say 89 when that came out. So it probably was around that time frame, only because uh, that was shortly after the divorce. Uh, 86, I think was about when the divorce hit. Mm-hmm. So, I was a little more liberated, we'll call it, when it came to rock music. And then when so did you move? When did you move to your house in what was that Frenchville? What do they call that? Well, the mailing address said Frenchville. We called it Eden. Right. Uh, Frenchville was a very broad term town. Right. Uh, it really wasn't even a town, but we'll call it that. Um, yeah, we moved out. I would have been. I think I was about 14 at the time. So yeah, shortly after that, nine, 1990, I think, is when we ended up okay. moving out there. So yeah. So that sounds about right. And then about that time, uh, my mom moved to a little house trailer in Hyde. 
uh, for, I don't even know if it was a year, maybe. Um, it was a short, it was a short time because I remember you being there and then it was, you yeah, next, I, I think to that apartment across from the mall. Yeah. I, I think I remember you being over there maybe once and we were playing, uh, spy versus spy on NES, Yep, which was one of our go-to games. And, it, and then she moved <laughs> over to the mall, uh, probably around 91 ish. Uh, and then, uh, my dad finally, about that time sold our house or had to sell our house and moved to Clearfield himself. So I was, uh, in Clearfield after that point. Um, I do remember being up to your dad's one time. It was right before one of my baseball games, uh, when I was still living or still playing in little league, would have probably would have been around 89 or 88. Um, and uh, I must have spent the night or something because I remember being in my uniform, being across the street from your dad's house and like throwing rocks at garbage yep. uh, that was like down over a little hillside. There's just like a bunch of garbage piled up there, washing machines and old yeah. TV sets and stuff. Just, you know, perfect target practice for throwing rocks. Uh, and, you know, in <laughs> yeah, my baseball my uniform, step, step I'm winding up. <laughs> Yeah, would have been my step granddad's property, and uh, you know he gotcha. his trash dump was right over the hill, and that was it. <laughs> it was on private property, so it's not. I guess it was not a big deal at the time. Uh, right. But, yeah, yeah. There was a couple. I think you blew out at least one, maybe two TVs that were down there. <laughs> uh, uh, but then after that, uh, you know, in uh, in high school you uh you got a car first i know you did uh because yeah. you were my wheels for a couple years <laughs> uh yep. pro- really probably yep. until after high school uh is when i didn't get a car until after i graduated and um yeah we had some good times just cruising the town and you had your uh base thumper in the back your base cannon that, uh, that was the third car. That's and uh, that's a whole other podcast in itself with cars. Well, yeah, we yeah but, uh, we could do a whole podcast on how many cars that you've had. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we we hung yeah, out a lot. But then. I, uh, I mean, we were we were kind of uh, we had our own little hangout. Um, mm-hmm. We there was a little hole in the wall uh, burger joint. And I, I think they sold ice cream there too. They had a mini golf course outside, and uh, inside there was a game room. And we spent many a uh, weekend uh, hours quarters. at a time and quarters. But luckily, everything was just a quarter, even the pool table. Yeah. Uh, it was a little place that we called Beefs, and it was it was named after the owner, right? <laughs> or at least we named it yeah. after the owner. Well, and everybody knew it was called Beast because that was a guy's nickname, and you know the, the dude's uh, stature fit the fit the call sign. <laughs> um, he, uh, but it, the the true name of that place was called Downriver Delight, and it's it's exactly what Jason said. There was, if you could picture it, it, it it's an old ice cream kind of pull up place, but they built two rooms on either side. 
which were not connected except through the kitchen. Um, you had a little dining room on the one side, which might have six tables, I think. I don't remember. And then yeah, on the other side was the, to like walk around to, uh, <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. To go to the bathroom. Yeah. And then, uh, on the other side was the, the arcade that we played in, which was basically an L shaped, uh, room. You had the pool table right as you walked in with, uh, pole positions staring at you. Yes. And then you had, uh, as you walked by on the left hand side, you had a jukebox. I think there was a pinball, machine maybe two. two i think there's two machines there some, yeah yeah then those are that, that helicopter game i think said on that side and then yeah. tiger the, heli or something like that i can't remember i never played it much yeah the I one that remember, i played but all the time there was uh heavy barrel and uh let me yeah. tell you i honed my skills on that game uh <laughs> I, I remember getting to the point where if i didn't beat the game on one quarter uh it was a bad day <laughs> i was uh, I, I was i was pretty good at that game and then and then back in the corner there was a bowling game that we loved too it had the track ball to roll the you know the roll the bowling ball towards the pins and then they had all these little characters uh you know when you would get a gutter ball or uh a strike uh turkey you know for three strikes and uh, the one the one that always cracked us up was when you had like the seven ten split and you went down the middle, and it would there'd be this little guy in a football uniform, and it would say field goal, and this bowling ball would like drop on his head. Yep. Uh, <laughs> many uh many little quirky little cartoon uh I don't know what you would call them that would pop up during that game that we just love. Cartoons is what it was, yeah. yeah. And then but I think I, yeah, I want to say that was called Capcom bowling, but don't quote me on that. We'll have to look it up. Uh, but yeah, oh, and yeah. then the, the, the jukebox, I think you got two songs for a quarter and it was a 45 record jukebox. So you could do like an A side, B side, or, you know, just the pick whatever. My go-tos were, I think Phil Collins, Yep. And I know Aerosmith. There was, uh, I think it's from the it was from the album Pump. So it was like Take Me to the Other Side, and I don't know what the other one was. Uh, you were uh, all the country. Uh, Pretty much, I was during a that was Garth a country Brooks. phase for me. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Garth Brooks is one. Friends in Low Places was the was on there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was an Aaron Tippin, which it, that song, I swear. In fact, a lot of people, I say a lot, I think you, my cousin and one other said that the, that, um, uh, the tune fitted me, at least during that era was, uh, there ain't nothing wrong with the radio. <laughs> I remember that song. Because, because yeah. I started out, I started out with my dad's old car. Uh, that's what <laughs> I, I acquired is the best way to put it. And it wasn't in the best of shape, but he, uh, I'll call it when he ditched it to move up a little or got, <laughs> got a replacement car. So I would joke at school before I was 16, I would joke it's because I one Christmas, I think it was just before I got the car. It was my birthday. It was my birthday. But anyway, my dad bought me a, a new radio for it. 
So I would always say I'm out there, out there listening to the radio in the car. Car don't work, but you know <laughs> I'm listening to the radio. So I think that's where that gotcha. came out gotcha. of. But so, uh, yeah, we just yes. threw the quarters in for that. And this 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 jukebox was nothing of glory by any means. It was no. if any of you remember the old console uh, record players that were like ten feet long, three feet deep. <laughs> I drink a little bit, but not by much. It was on that liking with just a little tilt of a of a menu, and that was your jukebox. It was not the frilly ones that you see in the 50s diner or anything yeah. like that. There was no glamour glory to it. We just wanted the music, and that's what it provided. Yeah. yeah. It was, so. yeah, definitely worth the uh, 12 and a half cents per song. Do you remember so. the poster <laughs> just before you walked out the door? No. It just hit me. It's- it was the Roadkill yeah. Cafe menu. Oh my God! Yes, yes, that was a that was a pretty <laughs> popular poster at the time because I remember seeing that in the stores and the department stores and such. Uh, but yes, I do remember. Yeah, that, that was hilarious. Wow. Okay, so that was our hangout throughout high school and a little bit after high school. Um, we would uh, we would cruise in many of Wyatt's vehicle. Mainly, the one was the. Uh, is it a Plymouth that had the sunroof? Yes. However, you you uh, you did um, what's the right word? You did. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of the right term. Basically, you you left your mark in the in the Pontiac, if you remember. Uh, I was working part time at a at a at a, at a gas station convenience store, and they they had these that. awesome they had these awesome bargains on the real glass 16 ounce bottles of you know pepsi or whatever and they always had the it was like a dollar 50 for the entire case of 24 so i would buy like i would buy two cases maybe it was a dollar 50 a pack but i I think it was the case because they were trying to get rid of them so i would buy like two cases of each so i would have two cases of dr pepper that was my go-to drink yours was always mountain Mm -hmm. dew and i always had them stuffed in that car Um, (laughs) okay i know where you're going yeah, you know exactly where I'm going because you decided on the way on the way up to go. We stopped at Sheets or Unimart somewhere, and you grabbed Pixie Sticks. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, on the way back, you take a sip out of your Mountain Dew. Oh no! And, wait, wait, wait! Because it was warm Mountain Dew. Okay, was it? Yeah, it was and warm Mountain Dew. I I don't know if that had something to do with it because it was warm. Oh, that had then, nothing to do with it. It's the chemical that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm just okay. So I'm I'm eating pixie sticks. I'm like, okay, let's just uh, combine the two, and then we'll you know save some time or whatever. What's 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 funny? I still remember this to the day. I wish I wish freaking camera phones were invented at the time because he said, I wonder what happens when you when you mix pixie sticks and Mountain Dew. And before I said, don't do it because I knew what was going to happen. Boom! The volcano experiment yeah. just happened on it my was, car. It wasn't quite as bad as like Mentos and Diet Coke, but uh, it overflowed definitely in a <laughs> volcanic uh, reaction, more or less like a science experiment volcano. Yes. Uh, so that went in your car, and then I promptly put my, you know, the bottle out the window while we're going down the road, and I'm sure I probably got it all over the side of your car. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's fun. So that was, and I also used. I remember we would go out uh, spotting deer. That was yes. a a 
thing to do in Pennsylvania when, uh, instead of just, you know, making uh, left turns downtown, uh, you could take your whole uh, sunroof out. On oh, my Pontiac. And I would, sorry, my Plymouth. On your, your Plymouth. And I would use that as a turret, yep. basically. Uh, like I'm uh, Cliff Dagger from Mask. And I, you know, would hold the uh, spotlight out there, and we'd go spotting for deer. <laughs> that was my, you know, half of my body out of the window. And for, uh, for those that aren't exactly aware, um, we would go out about a month before uh, before hunting season. Hunting season is was essentially the state holiday. Yeah. Uh, even even schools were did not have school on the first on the day. first day of buck season. Yeah. Which was the following monday after thanksgiving still right. still is to this day right um so before that the idea of spotting for youngsters like us was just more for our pure entertainment but it was also <laughs> good if you were a little bit older and wiser uh you were actually spotting truly for good hunting sites where the bulk of the deer were and deer come out right. basically come out at night to feed so that's yeah, why you yeah. go at night to look for deer Right, and there was even a curfew. Yeah, there was even a curfew. I think ten ten o'clock at night was the curfew, and one we would, you know, we got to see we got to see a buck fight. I remember once. I do remember that. Yep, Um, that was up in Greenwood. Yep, there was things we'd see. You know, you started started a list on a three by five card, which I think I still have somewhere in my. Uh, my wife says I'm a borderline hoarder and I'm starting to believe her now, but, uh, I, I, we would keep score of how many doe, how many buck. And then you went off on a tangent for whatever reason, started, started marking down Mr. Prickers, which were porcupines. Um, right. And at one point, well, you had marked down skunks as well. And then at one point yep. you marked down how many, uh, chocolate, m- chocolate drink boxes you smashed. <laughs> It was just, yeah, it was just a matter of what we could find alongside the road to add to the list. Do you remember, while we're on the topic, do you remember the one episode where we're out spotting? We had just started and we were up up on Rockton Mountain. We had turned towards uh, Luthersburg, kind of the back back way into Kerwinsville. Uh We were spotting deer, not doing anything. And the reason I say this, because you mentioned the key device that, that prompted this. Um, in that pond, uh, Plymouth, rather. We're sitting there, spot and spot, and all of a sudden, we hear this big old boom. And both of us duck. Like, <laughs> we thought we were getting shot at. Being shot at? Yeah, and we're like, what's, who's shooting shotguns? Because it sounded like a shotgun to us, or at least a loud, whatever, loud rifle. And we're sitting there trying to figure it out, and it hit again. And it dawned on me what it was. So I turned up the music. It was Billy Joel. <laughs> You know, it, the um, base cannon in your car, yes. Yeah, the base cannon. The base cannon was on a little bit higher level, so it, it caught all the bass. It just, the main speakers never the, caught uh, the song. The song is uh, the song is "River of Dreams." If you remember the yes, yes, the beginning of that song, it kind of fades in, and it, there's mm-hmm. like kind of a jungle vibe almost uh <laughs> that goes on and then all of a sudden this like, big old boom, boom from that, the base yeah that base cannon yeah i do so remember that heard. i do remember that yeah so yeah we've got some good uh good spotting stories good hunting stories so we went hunting together a few times uh we also have some driving kinda, stories 
driving kind of marry actually all that (laughs) yeah that's probably good for another podcast um and then well we kind of there was what about a year after we graduated um that we were still kind of around town you and actually we started working together at the uh, radio station downtown you started there first when right that was was that right after high school or before? Just before. Um, okay. I was working the gas station in 92, uh, essentially to pay for the gas for the car uh, and oil, <laughs> whatever. But uh, started there in 92. I was over at the Votech school taking electronics. And I remember this is in 93, or very early in 93, in the uh, the teacher was asking around if anybody needed a job there was an opening at the radio station i was i i was peaked but i'm like i already have a job so i want to give someone the fair shot and i think about a week went by and he came up to me personally and said do you want the job at the wcb i said i'd love to have it but hmm. uh, you know i already have a job so I'm like i should get a second job and he was like no one else has chimed in and you got to learn sometimes you just got to raise your hand first i'm like Okay, fair enough. Cool. So <laughs> I put in an application, got the job, I think it was in February. So I think it was actually January. Did you, quit the, did you quit the gas station? No, I still worked that. I had I joked, the last four months of my high school, I had four jobs, technically. Because <laughs> um, I, I worked for two companies. I worked for what was at the time, Beard Oil Company. And I worked at four of three of their gas stations. So I, I was a rover. I just go from that's one right. station to the next. That's right. So that's how I joked that I had four jobs. Uh, I technically didn't. Because um, I would go from Clearfield to Cronesville and then to, to Exit 16, what was used to be known as Exit 16, that station up there. Right. Okay. And then WCPA was my Sunday night job. Uh, that's when I worked there. And then as uh, I – they had a new management change at – the gas station and he and I didn't see eye to eye whatsoever. So I promptly left and asked to get more hours. And that was easy, I guess, at the radio station. Yeah. Started working there and about a month after, maybe two months, it was it was July or August, I think was the time frame that they were looking for someone else. In the afternoon. Yeah. So I, I said, hey, do you want to work in the radio biz? You know, there's an opening down at WCPA and you're like, that'd be awesome. I Kind of like to be a DJ. Yeah, I, I think I even said that. I, and I didn't know what I wanted to do after high school. I kind of fluffed it <laughs> for about a year. Um, I, I remember writing in my little bio for our our senior yearbook about wanting to become a DJ or something. And so I was like, yeah. And, you know, I, again, I didn't know where I wanted to go to college, if I wanted to go to college, that kind of a thing. And this opportunity happened and just, it was mainly what we were doing was behind the scenes. It was board, board operator. Yeah. Essentially. So that's what we kind of signed up for where we are uh, essentially running satellite feeds and playing commercials uh, when prompted, you know, when the uh, script called for it. Um, and then it was later, I don't know, maybe about a, a few weeks at least that I worked there 
that the general manager said, hey, I like your voice. Uh, why don't you start doing some on-air stuff in the afternoons? I think they played. And the uh, only time I was ever jealous of Jason was this time because <laughs> I had wanted to be a freaking broadcaster, and Jason gets the job. <laughs> and I, I was, I was so stinking nervous. And I remember the first time. What was the girl that came in after me? Uh, remember, she was in the car wreck. Uh, I can't remember what her name was. She was oh, the board up. She was the board up after me, and uh, she came in a little early one night, and I was doing my last like little news and weather update, and she was like, "Wait, you're allowed to go on the air?" <laughs> yeah, I know. That I was, was like, yeah, uh, that was the standing rule in that, that station. Unless you were full time, <laughs> you could not go on the air, and yeah. that, that actually got. <laughs> this is the comedy. I don't. I don't know if you remember this. I think I told you this story, but. We were in the middle of a sporting event, one of the local sports. I want to say it was football, but whatever. Yeah. And how this rolled, so the listener can kind of grasp it, is when the commercials would, when he would, he, the, the announcer would, would say, okay, we'll be back. Or usually the score was the cue mark. So, right. you know, Clifford Bisons are tied up. And, you know, that was it. We would turn it to cue, which was uh, basically, you, it was an alternate speaker. It was not, broadcasting and so while we're playing the spots he would say give me a 30 second give me a 60 second whatever the commercial st- speed was well lo and behold why i don't know but the state the the chief engineer decided to do uh maintenance on the <laughs> on the cart machines and so elaborate cart machines are think of if, if you remember google it they're like eight track tapes but they were a little bit more professional yeah. grade but the same size and they went into a, a cassette player, essentially. Um, the only thing was that they had Q-tones on it, so it would automatically know when to shut down. You know, at 30 seconds, it would shut off. Right. So anyway, he decides to, you know, clean the heads while we're doing this. And I know he's using alcohol, which means it will grip whatever it grabs. And it grips tapes really, really easily. Why he chose to do this, he says, oh, it should be good to go now. I threw it in there. It ate one of the cassettes. And I'm... <laughs> And this is during I, the broadcast. During the broadcast, so I threw up the technical difficulties because it ate the only promo that we had. So <laughs> I'm throwing the technical difficulties up. I don't remember this at all. You weren't there, uh, but I'm, and <laughs> it's hilarious because you hear this is all screwed up. We don't, we didn't have enough cell phones at the time. I think they're broadcasting right. off their cell phone at this moment. But anyway. The technical difficulties is spinning. The chief engineer, who is basically yelling at the brick wall, but he's saying, I know, Bob, I'm trying to fix it. <laughs> and this is all going on. We finally get it all straightened up, and it's gone on like four minutes of technical difficulties. And we finally get it back up. <laughs> Whole aftermath of this is he calls me, finally calls me up on his cell on the, the cell phone. This is a cell phone, the old car phone cell phone. <laughs> monster but uh-huh. anyway he calls me and said what's going on chief engineer grabbed the phone from me he said don't go hard on this guy it was me i decided to do maintenance right now why i don't know it ate the cart and then he put the phone back and he said this is why we have this card up here you can make the announcement and i'm kind of a black and white kind of guy when it comes to laws <laughs> and stuff and, and in that result, regard so i'm like 
Didn't you tell me, and isn't the policy that's on the board, board over there saying that, you know, unless you're a full-time broadcaster, you don't go on air for any reason? Right. Well, this yeah. is an emergency. Well, <laughs> well, there's no tornado. It's not an emergency to me. So anyway, you know, it went on to that kind of uh, event. But it was kind of funny. But here, oh, I Jason. He, right. I was part-time. I, I worked the, uh, like, two to seven shift listening to uh, Glenn Burns. Um, which was the kind of precursor for, well, I guess Rush Limbaugh had just started out too. I got some, he was there. He was there in the afternoons as well. So it was just all talk radio and stuff, but yeah, yeah, it was a big deal and it got me hooked enough to, uh, to finally kick myself in my own butt and, uh, go to college, uh, (laughs) to be a broadcaster. Do you remember the episode? Do you remember the episode where um, we would go back and forth at this radio station? We loved it there, honestly. We could almost yeah, call it a it second was, home. It was really like, fun. We, we played around episode, with each other all the time and the, the, uh, oh, the FM, yeah. one, the one FM such, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In one such case, I still remember it to this day. I, I was really picking on Jason. He was relatively, I won't say new, but still trying to get the grips, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. But we were just... You know, <laughs> bantering back and forth and he says uh hey go grab me uh johnny holiday which was a, a little segment this this cart again it was recorded in the next room not a big deal but our our console was a u-shaped and of course it was pointed the wrong way going to that room and he says i got like three minutes or whatever left i'm like okay i'll get it and we started chit-chatting a little bit and, and it got to like two minutes and one minute and i'm sitting there bantering with him he's like dude Dude, you know there's like a 10-second wait on it. Come, come on. Go get it. So I finally walk over. I really wasn't watching the clock. So this is all happening. Yeah. So I actually chucked the cart up over the console. And this console was taller than – this desk, rather, is taller than Jason uh, and me. Um, so I toss it over. He catches it, throws it in the cart machine, hits play, and it's – we could have never – done this in a million years and we did it this time it was right on cue he played the johnny holiday intro and then here's johnny holiday right on cue and he's like dude don't ever do that again <laughs> so we did that you used to you used to really piss off cj yeah yes i did uh well he pissed me off too by playing uh, <laughs> i would walk 500 miles Oh gosh, I hated that song. And he would—I remember that episode too. He I would, was there for he that. would uh, be in the FM room and in the AM side, which is what we were. We had a speaker that you could listen to the FM, so I could get all my, you know, wonderful adult contemporary music. And he, he would dedicate that dangum song to me uh, in the next room, and he would say it was my favorite or something, and. It was about the time well, too. There was one episode. In, uh, swear, remember that song? That I swear. Oh yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did that song too, and he would but, he but, would play that one and dedicate it to me. I'm like, are you that kidding? One, <laughs> that that one episode though, you say about five hundred miles. I was there for it. He had you stay at home to run demo tapes for him, to record demo tapes <laughs> yes. on his stereo, and he looked over at me. He says, dude, you feel like pissing off Jason right about now? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So he opens the mic and says, this is to a very special dear friend of ours, 
you know, he he really loves this this next <laughs> song. So I really wholeheartedly he went on this like oh I was so mad about it. He goes <laughs> he never said what it was until he says five hundred miles. The moment he said that, the phone rang, and it, <laughs> it and, was... <laughs> and he yelled. Jason yelled over the phone. I hate that song. <laughs> it was hilarious. But you know what? He got us oh. back in a way. Well, you more more so because you would call him on the same line and hang up the phone because it would still ring t- twice. Yeah. And we had to. We all had to do the spiel, the line. To, you know, when you pick up the phone. <laughs> Hi, this is WCPA WQAX. This is CJ. How may I help you? Or you know, something like <laughs> yeah. that. And he'd go through that whole line and be dead. Click. And after yeah. a while, he started saying, "Not that." Beep. Oh. <laughs> and we could hear him through two sound booths. So it was hilarious that he could yeah. play. We that we had some good times at that station. We better keep going. <laughs> we, yeah. we won't get away from that station. Uh working overnights, uh playing Minesweeper on the computers out front. Uh, I mean oh, it was yeah. we did a we did a bunch of stuff there. Yeah, and that's but, you know, I never realized, but that's where I got my uh, I guess kind of grasp on the technical side of it, because I had learned I jokingly called it that I rewired the race. I knew how to rewire the radio station. Uh, they had patch <laughs> panels in every room, and I had figured out how to. When the when the FM station went on automation, the computer took over for all the, for all the commercials and IDs and everything. We it was a, it was really a playhouse. We could make our own custom, yeah. you know, mixtapes, and I used to add the liners to them, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, one or I was on a date once, and I actually was listening to the cassette, and she swore it was the radio station until my my ever popular most people remember it didn't have the auto reverse, it had the auto stop, so I had to you know <laughs> eject the cassette to flip it to. She goes, "We're listening to your cassette." I'm like, "Yeah, you have the you have the the QIX." I'm like, "I work at a radio station." I make it sound good. You know, make it sound like it's actually there. Right. She loved it. Hey, but babe, it was we work at the radio station. Yeah. Uh, music <laughs> back before Napster happened. Right, right, right. But uh, anyway, well, yeah, uh, we we kind of were there for about a year, right? And uh, yeah, I you well, let's see. When did you go off to the Air Force? What year? I'd, I joined in 95. It was February 95, and I worked, okay. I think, up until the last few days um, at, at the radio station. There was three individuals, I still remember to this day, that Bob kept saying, I really need you to train these guys. Can you stay another day, another day, another day? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, transitioned to military life, joined boot camp, uh, left on the 7th of February, got there on the 8th, and got yelled and screamed at for six weeks. Um, <laughs> I still have some, I was digging through some memories. I still have some letters back yeah. and forth between us while you're at boot camp and, and all that kind of thing. Uh, I, I can't remember when I quit the radio station, but I quit to go to uh, college in Georgia and a small little uh, private Christian college. And, um, that I see, I started there in the spring of 96 and I still remember 
writing each other back and forth, uh, yeah. sending pictures of the dorm and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, but we still kept in touch. I remember going one spring break while you were uh, stationed at Scott Air Force Base in Illinois. Yep. Uh, I drove from from Georgia to uh, to Illinois, and we spent a day uh, at St. Louis, which was still a, a pretty fun day. I remember we went up inside the St. Louis Arch and went to the the World's Fair Museum there. I believe it was. Oh yeah, and then uh, um, then you got to eat lunch uh, on the floating McDonald's. The fl- yep, I remember doing that. I remember watching, actually watching Blazing Saddles at your house for some yes. reason. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we we kind of saw each other, you know, um, you know, during summer breaks and I think stuff like that. When you were on leave or home, I was trying to. You know, I, I think we might have, you know, saw each other a couple times. Um, but then I, it was right around, I think, uh, 2007, around in there. So skip ahead, you know, after a few years, yeah. <laughs> we both got married and, yeah, um, we had uh, moved from Georgia. After I got married, we moved from Georgia to Montgomery. You were at, uh, Mountain Home Air Force Base in Idaho, and we just we were having a phone conversation one day, and we decided to. Uh, uh, I was actually not there. I had finally gotten east. I was. Oh, in, were you okay? Uh, so you were in, in New uh, Jersey. Fort Dix, Fort Dix, okay. New Jersey. Yeah. I was still thinking you were out there. So, anyway, uh, we you know had gotten to the point where we were calling each other on the phone and stuff, and um, you know, internet, email. We were. We were big into uh, the Yahoo Messenger, and uh, back in the day, you could play games like pool and battleship and stuff like that while you're chatting. Yeah, yeah. So we yep. could do that. We did that a lot. Uh, I remember doing that while you were, I think, over in Korea for a while as well in the yeah, early part. Yeah, we of did Korea. that. We did that, um, and we did. Uh, I used to call people on what was before Skype. They had this thing called WavePad. I think was what it was called. And it was the most echoey thing. Everybody <laughs> always said, you sound like you're in like three tunnels or something, but <laughs> it was free. So you, know, you did what you right, can. Right, yeah. Use what you can. Right, right. But yeah, we, so. we got in contact. Really, we were always in contact, but not not like we are now. We're almost, well, right. I would say daily, if not hourly at times. <laughs> um, yeah. Chatting in contact now. Yeah. But we uh, got the. We were, uh, I was gonna say we were just having an innocent kind of phone conversation, and it was right after the time I think the first Transformers movie came out. Yep. Yep. Uh, I want to say that maybe the the first GI Joe was in the works, and it was just kind of the. Well, Hollywood has always, you know, had reboots and remakes and stuff like that, but I think it was kind of that beginning of this uh kind of 80s comeback yes yeah pop culture where that really people were really uh for lack of a better word rediscovering their you know childhoods and stuff and a lot of that culture was coming back into the mainstream and you know we were just trying to think of a way to essentially keep in contact with each other 
more. Right. And then it turned into, you know, we were, we kind of joked initially that it was going to be, uh, we're just, we need to, you know, cash in on this 80s craze. You know, we love it. So why not? Yeah. And then we started actually thinking about it as, okay, what movie is not in the works that's not being made? So we started just rambling off names. I, I remember Touched in Voltron or A Team. And, I think and it wasn't we, like we were big into writing or anything at no, the time. Not at all. We, were just, we were just essentially trying to brainstorm and, uh, and come up with uh, something that uh, maybe we could we could work on. And then we came up with, we finally came to that, I think actually you suggested, said, do you remember that mask show uh, cartoon that wasn't on Saturday mornings on like, you know, open air. It was actually on a cable channel. And we're like, yeah, I love that show. It was actually kind of fun. And you're like, yeah, that'd be kind I think it's small enough that no one's writing a movie about it, but right. there was still a fan base. So we started doing, we started doing some kind of brainstorming and then we stopped because kind of reality hit us that how many years has it been since we really watched this show? Right, right. So we went half and half on a $14 bootleg <laughs> European smuggled uh, eBay purchase. I think it was eBay. Yeah, it was eBay. It was a DVD set that was half of the series, like the first 30. I don't think it was 30. I think it was like 28 or something. No, it's like, I want to say it's like 32 or 36 episodes. Oh. Um, in the, which there was 75 total in the series. But anyway, so we bought that and we, I, I don't know who got it first, but I might've gotten it first. And we, I watched it for a while, wrote down some ideas and I mailed it to you and you watched it, wrote down some ideas. And then it started this whole big brainstorm word document that before Google docs <laughs> was, we, yeah. we literally emailed each version of a brainstorm. So if we made major, well, we, if we made any type of edits, we actually yeah. renamed the document to two or three or four. We were up to, I still have them in my, <laughs> in my wow. uh, hard drive. We were up to brainstorm number 17 on uh, February 10th of 2008 before we finally decided, you know what? Let's start Let's actually writing. writing the script. <laughs> so, you know, I think it was 2010 when you came down here to Alabama yeah. to do some uh, schooling through the Air Force. And we're here for, what, six weeks that we uh, we had a good portion of the screenplay wrote and then right. we finished it up at the, uh, I, was like, I think it was like around September, October of 2010. And that's when mm -hmm. we essentially started uh, putting ourselves online where uh, we started the, it was like a mask movie blog, I believe in January of 2011. Uh, yeah, and then shortly after, right, and we uh, started promoting the script, and then we, I got into podcasting, I was a guest on a couple of shows, and we started our own mask podcast, uh, which, reviewing episodes mainly, and then that all got, kind of switched over to agents of mask and becoming more of a part of a community. What about two years ago now? Uh, yeah. And that, that actually has helped us even more because initially it was, 
uh, at least on my side, we were looking at it from a monetary type of thing. We we're like, hey, let's sell this for a quarter million and you know, you know, separate ties and go. And then right in the it sequel. turned into yeah. you know, that's it. Uh, but then we started thinking, you know what? There, ha- there I, we know there's more fans. We had started seeing when we when we were working on the website, the blog, the original blog, we'd seen um, Albert Paneo, Bill. Ferris uh, and Eric Tukey, uh, their their respective uh, pages, and we just kind of used their their sites. It really is encyclopedias, really. Yeah. And then we started seeing so much of fan base building up that we're like, you know what? This is actually fun. We actually get people that want to connect and yeah. talk yeah. about it. And so you actually had the brainy idea of, you know, kind of kind of working off the agents of shields phenomenal that was just coming out so we we're like hey let's call it is agents because they called themselves agents anyway on the show right, let's do agents right. of mask and that's yeah. really that's really propelled us uh i'm not trying to to toot our own horn but that really propelled us into being really recognized back in um 20 it was last year 2015 well i'm going i'm going back for one more 2014 okay. We, you had the awesome luck of being able to grab uh, an interview over Skype right. for the podcast with Doug Stone, which was the original voice actor for Matt Tracker, uh, Bruce Sato, and a host of others. Yeah. So, you know, we never fathomed we'd be talking to them, although, you know, we, we saw them wish us the best of luck on our Facebook page, but that's all we ever got from them. Yeah. And was, I had hey, heard- good luck getting, you know. I had heard Doug on another that's podcast and that's when I went for it because I knew he was, uh, he was doing yeah. shows. And I thought, well, let's, let's try to get him on our show. And then fast forward another year. Out. Yeah, it did fast forward another year. And we got to be on a 30th anniversary panel at RetroCon with Doug and with yep. uh, Bill Ferris. To, uh, to to just basically chat about mask, which was a awesome honor and very surreal. Uh, yeah, I mean, even past the uh, being able to interview him, it was it was on a whole nother level. Still up there. Yeah, uh, it was really fun getting to hang out with him. And, and we uh, kind of acted. We, we yeah we we acted kind of like his managers and, and not and more <laughs> sure. like impromptu managers because we had all talked with him. Uh, Bill, far more than us, Bill seemed to have more of a connection with him, mostly about hockey. Uh, but uh, Jason, being in the print and advertising business that he is, he put together uh, autographed or autographing type uh, um, photos, 8 by 11s that had all the cast members that he had voiced, the primary yeah. ones that he voiced, for him to sign. And he was pleased beyond beyond anything because he didn't bring anything. He didn't know what to expect. He'd never been there. Uh, yeah. He'd even indicated on the, our podcast that he'd gotten kind of uh, put off by his friends that dealt with it, dealt with the paparazzi. He's like, I'm, I don't want to have anything of this, but yeah. he, he figured he'd, you know, step his toe in the water and see what happens. If he didn't like it, he'd never show up again. But I think he had a great time, but he, he was so pleasant. Uh, you know, so impressed that we brought that to him. We chit chatted for I don't know how long with him. We got the first photos with him, and 
yeah, that was really, it was a really cool experience. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just kind of continued us along as, mm-hmm. uh, as mask is coming back now in comic book form. Um, we're keeping that going. Well, as all this mask stuff is going on, uh, I started rediscover the eighties in uh, 2011 towards the, uh, the end of that year, I think on October 1st. And uh, I just started blogging about rediscovering stuff from my childhood and the website, you know, has morphed into this and that and what to what it is today. And, of course, Wyatt, you've been a contributor to that site for uh, basically since I was the beginning, uh, <laughs> right. uh, writing articles from what the time he means, to time. Honestly, right. What he means really as a contributor, at least in my my definition, is I, I throw lots of ideas at him, whether whether what sticks or what doesn't, that's up to him. <laughs> but I'll get whims on him, you know, hey, maybe we shouldn't write an article about this or whatever. Or maybe you could do a podcast about that. And that's yeah. kind of what it's stuck to. But there are times where there's key uh, topics or things in the 80s that I, I, I would call that I absolutely love more than the general 80s that it is. And what mm-hmm. I mean is uh, I have a big fascination with Voltron or A-Team, those type of shows. And I, I kind of pat myself on the back on one particular I'll call it a series of articles, and that's the uh, the A team at thirty that we did, where yeah we we kind of went. I jokingly think it was overboard, but I think it was even enough because we we decided <laughs> to go. What was the top ten uh, insane moments of Murdoch, and then what was the top ten uh, scams of Face? Then we had the top ten uh, costumes yeah. of uh, Hannibal, and then you. What started out as being just sayings, and that's what my intention was, is just top 10 of BA sayings. You actually changed it, and which was actually a lot better, uh, was, you know, kind of the urban dictionary that is BA. You know, he came up with the actual definition of, you know, yeah. you, you pretty the fool and all that. So <laughs> it was like the translate. Yeah. What's the translation? Right. What's the proper translation to pity the fool? Right. So it was actually I feel sorry very, uh, for this stupid person. You know, <laughs> but yeah, it, I love those little collaborations. We should really do more of those, uh, you know, bring some of those back because that whole month, which I somehow stumbled onto calling it Murdochtober, uh, it was just a blast. And we released so many articles that uh, we we collaborated on and some that we did ourselves. I remember that was probably about the time that we were going through the A-team here in my house with my two boys. So that was all kind of fresh on our minds and, uh, you know, that has doing little articles in there. We, we've collaborated on many podcasts on oh, yeah. that side of it. Uh, we, we, we even had the unique privilege, uh, when the recent, most recent Ghostbusters movie came out, I'm usually very, very busy tied up with family and, and work and so forth, but we were able to, although in separate states we were able to go out on premiere night and literally you know write down notes for the whole movie yeah and we weren't texting back and forth during the movie but we did no leading up to going into it oh yeah we were talking Uh, about you know what what are what the 
I'll call it the storefront, but the, the main area of the lobby, what it looked like. Mine was like, who cares about the movie? Yours yeah. was all ate up about it. Um, in fact, I got a guy as we were leaving, he saw my notebook and he says, are you a critic or something? So it was actually kind of fun, this whole thing. And that night we were both on the blog yeah. putting our impressions on it. Uh, so it's, it's I, I really applaud Jason for his Rediscover the 80s. And I love it because I love the 80s. I just don't, uh, well, real life puts me at, puts the yeah. brakes on. Well, and that's, that's what kind of drives, I think, most of both of us in our free time now, because we're both, you know, family men, you have two kids, I have three kids and our spare time is somewhat precious to us in in that uh, we like living in the past. And uh, (laughs) and when we do get together on rare occasion, uh, typically about once a year, we'll, uh, we'll be driving up to, see my family in Pennsylvania and stop by or well last year was RetroCon. I flew up for that. Um, we saw each it, other, I think three times that year. It, yeah, it was because you had to for, for vacation. Then we came up for RetroCon, and then you had to move your mom again. All right. The same year. So that was, that was uh, that's, those are fun because when we do it, we do, um, we, we make sure we podcast on those days. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it all kind of stop. <laughs> right. It all kind of started, I think, uh, when you did come down for that training in 2010. We finished the the mask script, and then remember, we it was around uh, uh, Thanksgiving. We went up to my in laws in Georgia. You came along, uh, which I'm not sure you were supposed to, but you did anyway. <laughs> And that's no, Saturday, no, that wasn't Thanksgiving. That was that was August, but nonetheless, yeah. No, it, well, it, I was thinking it was a time you were down around Thanksgiving, and we went uh, on a Saturday morning. We got up early and we drove to uh, what's the what's the town in Georgia? Um, Covington, Covington, Covington. We drove to Covington, Georgia, which was maybe about an hour to uh, basically sightsee. Uh, Covington, Georgia, oh, is where. Yeah, that was another. That was another year, but yes, around Thanksgiving. Okay, um, I think it was on that Saturday right after Thanksgiving. We drove over by ourselves, yep. and we basically went to filming locations where they uh, they filmed Dukes of Hazard. The and, the it was the first five episodes of uh, the Dukes of Hazard where they where we at least the. the Dukes yeah. community consider that's the that was the true Dukes of Hazard, um, but yeah, you see the the plaza really hasn't changed except a little bit of modernization. The yeah. what was the county courthouse for Boss Hog is still the same. We went over to the the college where they did the the one jump scene. You usually see right. it on the on the, uh, the intro, intro music, but it's the very last scene. You know, as they say. Uh, as the song is concluding, you see him jumping over. We got to see that. In fact, we saw scrape marks, which we assumed was a remake of a jump scene at some point. <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, we, we saw that where the uh, uh, the bar, the uh, boar's nest, the boar's nest, which is now a church. That was, <laughs> or some yeah, some building owned by a church. Yeah, uh, and just um, some of the the like we're. Uh, 
we thought maybe some of the jumps were over some uh, some old railroad tracks, and uh, that was fun. That was just us, yeah, uh, totally immersed We're in living our, our past. Youth. Yeah, and you know we did that uh, a little bit last year at RetroCon. We did that one more time when you came down. I think it was two years ago. Uh, I, I, was it in the spring? Uh, you came down. I picked you up at the Atlanta airport, and we drove down to Newton. Yeah, that's when we went. Uh, yep. We went to this guy, with, uh, uh, he, aka Junk. Yep. Right. He he basically uh, cars. He does. He creates a lot of the movie cars and such like that. And I'd seen. I just by chance uh, I saw a story on one of the Atlanta TV stations, and so I was in Newton, and I thought, well, he comes down, and we'll go visit. And we got to meet the 89 Batmobile. We got to meet. Uh, mm-hmm. They were just doing a, a General Lee at that time. Uh, he had yep. Kit. He had. Uh, Herbie. Uh, he had, El- had Herbie. He had Eleanor from uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. The old yep. uh, had a- fastback. He had a Mater. Yeah, he had a Mater. <laughs> yep. Uh it was just cool. He had a uh, he had Luke's uh, land speeder. Yeah, that was actually a float for a parade. <laughs> um, he had a mystery machine. He had a van, which I still don't know if he has turned that into the eighteen van or not. Um, I don't know if he has yet or not, but that was the endeavor at the time. Yeah, he had um, he had, he had the seventy nine. Go ahead. Bumblebee. Yeah, he had the old Camaro, the older uh, Bumblebee Camaro from the first Transformers movie. Right, uh, but complete with the new seats. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was really cool. We got to see some of our favorite cars kind of up and close, and that was a fun, fun little trip. And we're actually planning one next month uh, in the early November which is around our birthdays, we're going to go to another car museum up in Tennessee and, uh, mm-hmm. and check out some rides that are, that I have not met yet, but they're all under basically one roof. You know, the, the, the DeLorean time machine, Ecto one, I think he's got a kit. He's got the 18 van. He's got, uh, he's got them all. He's, he's got an Ecto one. So we're going to go up there and check this out. We're going to hit some, uh, some other little, uh, we're gonna have a throwback weekend. Essentially, I, I found a little video arcade that we can go in and pay a cover price and play all we want. So we were, I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna document it. We'll we'll put it up on the site too. But uh, that's, right. I guess, fast forward, uh, however many 35 years from <laughs> when we first started hanging out. That's our thing now. Where we're either online, we're. Uh, coming up with ideas, fun stuff oh, yeah. where when we do get together, it's, it's, let's find something fun to do that's associated with, uh, with our childhood, with the past. Yeah. And I remember RetroCon. Yeah. I'm, I'm back at it, but it just hit me. I remember us because uh-huh. we're talking about our nostalgia and whatever. It was kind of funny, you know, for two uh, close to 40 at the time, year old men. And to close out RetroCon because it was such a high for us. I dragged out my old NES. Yes, yes. Uh, I picked up. I remember picking up an any. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 
Three Stooges uh, cart. <laughs> uh, we played that. We played Arch Rivals. I think we played Spy versus Spy. I don't, I'm not 100% on that. Uh, we played something else yeah. just for nostalgia purpose. It was just. It was great. We stayed up. We, we yeah. played that. We watched that uh, Back in Time, uh, Back to the Future documentary on the on the time machine. Remember that? Yeah. It was on uh, yep, Netflix. Yep. I think it's still on Netflix. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what we do. That's I, I still live and breathe it. When I'm playing video games, uh, you know, when I'm not playing Halo with my <laughs> with my boys, I try to get them <laughs> to go back and play Contra. You know, we play. Uh, uh, we'll fire up the uh, the Nintendo or the Genesis. I still have a Genesis, and I've got several discs on uh, on the Xbox that are like Sega Genesis games. So, I, what's funny I, about him doing? He's saying about the Genesis we. We mail stuff back and forth all the time. Uh, he mailed. He, he at one point was, I think, cleaning out something. In the, Might like have been the during the move. And, yeah, I mailed you my Genesis with all my my tapes, my yeah. cartridges. Yeah, you ma- mailed them all out, and we, my wife and I, played with it more. I did more, and then I boxed it up for some reason. Uh, I think we were getting ready to move to this house. Uh, and you had said, "Hey, do you still got my Genesis?" I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna get rid of it. And like, not a problem. It is yeah. yours. And then years and years ago, hotels game. And he I still st- has that. I still have that. Yes, I still have. Well, I still have the mask DVD set. I found that the other day. But um, yes, one you of our still go-to- also have my uh, Super Mario Three. I do. I still have that card. <laughs> I don't forget. Yeah, but uh, we used to do this. <laughs> we used to do this. In fact, we used to, uh, for a while, uh, back before um, well, Blackwood and Dial-Up was the only thing, we would actually exchange uh, thumb drives of certain files, usually songs, but yeah. of stuff like that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so fast forward now, That's that we kind of immerse ourselves in yeah. that. And uh, I, I think that's a little bit, as we come kind of in this podcast and we uh, go back to essentially why we're starting it. And it's just, uh, just to keep ourselves immersed in what we remember, what we uh, enjoyed from our youth uh, experiences, memories, uh, jogging our, uh, jogging our memories. I mean, that's why, <laughs> that's why we're calling the the podcast memory jogger. It's just, uh, we'll come up with a topic and we'll just see where it goes. Um, and speaking of topics, you know, like I said, we wrote a f- several down. Um, what do you think we should do for episode two? What, well, what be, should we start out talking about? Being that it's so close, I think we should talk about uh, Halloween specials that happened, you know, like the Charlie Brown uh, Halloween and uh, maybe a couple uh, other yes. ones that, that came to mind. Maybe we can do some YouTube Googling and find that uh, Disney special and try to remember it. Yeah. Yeah. That I, at one point it was on there. I think uh, stuff gets put on there and taken off so much. I'm not sure if it was on there. I had one point created a Halloween playlist of specials on YouTube for the RD eighties channel. 
Um, but maybe we can dig that up. Maybe we can talk a little bit about our our memories of Halloween. Um, if we can remember some of the costumes that we uh, did, uh, maybe some experiences. I know I wrote a little bit in my memoir about it. Uh, some stories about basically my transition from the uh, from the treats to tricks. <laughs> When, uh, <laughs> you know, when you stop doing the trick-or-treating and then now you go out and you be a little mischievous, you know. So uh, I think we should see if we can uh, remember some stuff about that. And uh, yeah, we can go from there and, 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 and see what we can remember about Halloween. I think that'd be a good start. Uh, yeah. Good, good first real show, I'll call it. <laughs> Right. for this new podcast so well man it was good reminiscing with you uh i, I feel like yeah, we do it a lot been... but uh we don't do it a lot uh in this official capacity you know no and you're right we we do reminisce off and on hey do you remember this or that but this is fun because this was a lot of memories uh some that we've probably both forgotten at one point or another <laughs> right um these are great shows and I, I'm, I'm actually have high hopes for this one uh, it, because, you know, this is for the listener. It's for every listener, honestly, but I guess we would call it a target range of about the mid thirties to mid forties era when um, right. we can remember that when, when cable TV kind of first dawned uh, as well as MTV and saying certain things that were now reruns, you know, we, kind of lost sight of it you might catch it on a late very late right cbs mm-hmm. or nbc or something like that uh but now it's come to you know almost mainstay to have uh, uh well back at the time like a nick at night uh black and white shows from the 50s or 60s so yeah yeah it, it, it's this is awesome i'm glad we came up with this idea and uh, yeah and i feel like we awesome. in in that what you were talking about with the age range and uh, you know, those of you who were born maybe uh, early mid seventies to the early to uh, I would say early eighties, when you still got some of the stuff in the late eighties. Um, and I mentioned a little bit, little bit about this too in my book, and I've actually written a little bit over on uh, Underscoop Fire about it. But I I don't know. I feel like we had a unique experience as kids. Um, we were at least where I grew up in the rural areas, uh, you still wanted to be outside, but there was still such a push to play video games and stuff inside. Maybe not when Atari came around because <laughs> th- those games were more basic, but when, you know, when the NES came around in like 85, uh, you were sucked inside more. And I just felt like yeah. there's a shift nowadays where, you know, kids are, tuned into screens 24 seven. It seems like uh, at least my kids are uh, and they don't have that in the, the, you know, the, the parenting styles well, and the laws have changed so much that, you know, there's such a tighter leash on kids these days than we had back then. So we still could, you know, ride our bikes a mile from home to go to the candy store or just, you know, go up in the woods and have a day of it and come back around dinner time. you know. Uh, you really can't do that nowadays. 
uh, you know, just for safety and you know, the, the times have changed. So oh, yeah. I don't know. I felt, I feel like our, our age, um, you know, back in the, uh, seventies, eighties, uh, we had a very unique experience and had that, had the, almost the be- best of both worlds. Uh, and then of course the explosion of like, you know, the FCC rules being, uh, basically downgraded. So where, you know, they were showing 30 minute toy commercials to us and this huge explosion of, uh, animation, action figures, toys, you know, for boys and girls, for everybody. Right. Uh, everything just kind of seemed to be unleashed in the eighties as far as marketing and advertising goes. Uh, so there's, I, I don't know. I just feel like it was, I, I feel fortunate to, to have uh, grown up during that time. And uh, it's hard to explain really to my kids. They've, I've tried to impose some <laughs> of the shows and, and try to give them a, uh, you know, essentially a glimpse of what it was like when I was a kid. Uh, and it's hard for me nowadays watching them and, and comparing what their experiences to mine. I'm like, man, we just had it so much better uh, back then. They just don't realize, you know, uh, maybe we had to hit a rewind button instead of uh, having a skip button. You know, they don't know what rewinding is, but no. <laughs> it was it was a still a different time and the the technology was just in its infancy and uh home computing uh home video games but we still had the arcades and we still had other things that we could go to you know but anyway i'm getting i'm rambling <laughs> but uh no but that's good though. the, the, the that's emphasis what is on the yeah. genre that we're trying to reach yeah, and it's still and that's what we're doing. everybody. I know that there's some niches. Yeah, there's some some niches. I've I've come across people in in my workspace that they're they're in their young thirties, if not even thirty, uh, and they're saying, "Oh, I love the '80s. I I miss the NES." I'm like, "Do you even know what an NES is?" Like, well, yeah, it was. It, you know, one one of them said it was a hand me hand me down, and she said that was the best hand me down she ever got. I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's by the spirit right there." But um, well, yeah, we still been, got some '90s too because you know we we were in high school in the early '90s, which I kind of I like to to bring some of the stuff out of the early '90s and, and group it with the '80s. Uh, right, maybe and, and this, mid to late '90s when everything kind of I don't know seemed to be more generic to me. But um, right, and our goal is as much as we are to rediscover the '80s, it's uh, you have to drop that moniker uh, on this. It's more like rediscovering your time, your, your, what you're, what you grew up with. That's why we've taught it memory jogger. Uh, it's really over everything. So we might reach back. Jason and I are big three stooges fans. So <laughs> I know there's going to at least be one, maybe two episodes where we just go back to the stooge age, maybe uh, <laughs> Abbott Costello, you know, that era of TV because we grew up with it. Granted, it was on reruns, yeah. but still, that was something we we liked. Yeah, it was, but there's got to be people that I mean, could care less about the Three Stooges and are more of uh, the westerns or whatever you know 
phrase. Yeah. Not that we're any. Well, if you think I about get my it, dad you know, off of westerns. <laughs> well, we could get them both on the show and then just have them take over the Western show if we do one. It, it would be until they said, how do you stop this dang thing? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, like you said before, uh, Nick at Night, I remember watching Nick at Night and all the 50s and 60s uh, era shows. I remember watching the 66 Batman after school. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. even Scooby-Doo was 70s more than 80s. And Same with uh, Flintstones, yeah, yeah, Flintstone. I mean, there's there were several shows like that uh, that we still watched uh, during that time um, that were you know on broadcast TV, on cable TV, and such. So, yeah, it, it's all a part of that experience. So, keeping it out of you know, let's talk about this specific. Uh, show and it's eight seasons and every episode, you know, we're not going to do that, which is going to be more or less uh, grazing over how that show came in contact with us or uh, whatever. We, we, you know, like doing Halloween or Christmas or, you know, we probably do a couple episodes on Christmas on all of our memories and, and stuff like that. Holidays. Oh yeah. So anyway, well, I think this is a good, Time to end it. I like your idea. Let's go ahead and move forward with a with a Halloween show. Uh, the next time we get together, we don't really don't have a schedule yet as far as how many how often we're going to release this. Uh, I would like to do at least once a month, uh, maybe a couple. But having this kind of unstructured format, it, it, I think it enables us to just let's get on get on the air and let's talk, and uh, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what comes out. You know. That kind of a thing. Hopefully, it'll be entertaining enough that people will listen. But uh, <laughs> having having that unstructured type format, I think, is going to help us get on the air more. And as we get right. ideas for shows, we can just hop on and and talk about it. Or as you know, uh, headlines hit the news about maybe somebody passing away or a show being rebooted or something, we can get back on the air and and talk about different things. But anyway, I'm looking forward to it, man. It was good. Again, good reminiscing with you. And I look forward to the show and, and, and all of our memories kind of combined. And I know there's going to be times when you remember things that I don't, or, or we essentially <laughs> kind of put the puzzle together, so to speak of, I remember right. you remember. Oh yeah. And you know, uh, we went off into a couple things on this show but we talked about uh, specific memories and experiences. So it's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. Oh yes. And uh, like Jason said, this has been awesome going down memory lane, jogging our memory rather. Uh, so we want invite you again to, to join us. Uh, Jason's going to put out a blog article and we're going to ask for your interaction because of this is, It'll be fun to hear someone say, oh, man, I remember this or that. Uh, so it'd be kind of fun to, to, to read those. Yeah. Uh, but, but until then, you know, thanks for listening. This has been awesome. I hope you get your memory jog like us. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>